Welcome to One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer, the only place you ever come to, need to come to for your baseball news, for your baseball entertainment, for semi-knowledgeable old people who forget things. <laughs> That's our wheelhouse. Um, I do, speaking of forgetting things, last week I forgot to do the introduction because we had a week off and I was out of sync and I completely forgot to do the introduction. And for those people who just wait for the introduction, I'm going to give it to you right now. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, contact us through one card, one cub, one beer at gmail.com. Subscribe to our page by clicking on the icon at the bottom right corner. For those of you who watch the YouTube channel, you can subscribe to our page so you will know exactly when we drop a new show, which is almost every Thursday. And also, please. Uh, be one of our supporters through Patreon. Uh, you go, can go to patreon.com, just search One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer. You'll find our page, and for as little as $3 a month, you can support us. And we are starting to put those uh, funds to use. Um, I bought a new car, and JJ bought a horse, a thoroughbred. So we are starting to, <laughs> to use, use that money. Uh, JJ, how you doing? Doing great, Vince. It's good to see you. It's always a pleasure. Um, I don't know if you, we did some um, promoting this week. That was fun. Spending the day with you doing that. That was Monday. That was a good time. Um, I tell you what, the Cardinals fort, fort, misfortunes turned a little bit this week. I know the Cubs have been hot. Cardinals got hotter than we would have been. And uh, unfortunately, the Reds are red hot. And uh, we can't do anything about it. They're not playing nothing with either one of us. So uh, we just have to sit there and hope they slow down really quick. Yeah. Uh, and all that. Well, I was going to start off. I I always uh, ask Vince, what's he think about things? Very knowledgeable guy, a good guy, a shaman, if you will. That's right. He's the brains. I guess I'm the I'm the just a pretty face here. But I was going to ask three questions to see what he says. And we can have like a point counterpoint kind of thing or we can both agree. You never know. But the first question I have for you, Vince, is um, what do you think about all these home run celebrations. I re I know when I was a kid, you very rarely, except it was at the end of a game, or you might see uh, Pete Rose spike the ball after a big out at the end of the inning, something like that. So what do you feel about all these uh, home run celebrations and things like that? I, there's more of them happening these days. You know, I like them. Um, I If you would ask me five years ago, I would have said, nope, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's destroying the integrity of the game. Um, I kind of come out of that and did a 180 the last few years, realizing that sports is entertainment. And for those of us who take it serious, we, we don't, we don't like that because it's serious to us, but for the fan who is coming to be entertained, a guy hits a home run and then just jogs around the bases and they win the game, you know? Hey, throw the bathroom, do some excitement, dance around the bases, uh, whatever you need to do, do it because we are entertaining. It can go too far. I don't mind the bat flips. I think they're kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I I remember about eight years ago, the Brewers uh, won a game on a walk-off home run by, uh, uh, gosh, not Cecil Fielder, uh, his son. Prince. Pardon me? Prince, 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 yeah, Prince. 
Prince Fielder hit a home run for the uh, Brewers to win the game. And the whole team was out there and he got to the home plate. It was obviously choreographed. He jumped on home plate and the whole team fell down. And I thought, oh, that's Bush League. Ah, I think it's kind of funny now. Uh, so I, I, I kind of like a little bit of celebration. And I think it's something that the game needs. The NFL used to be called the No Fun League uh, because they wouldn't let you do any kind of celebrations. They outlawed that. Now they're coming out of their shell saying, okay, people want to see that. The NBA... They were, they were on board with this from the beginning. Hey, we are entertainment. People want to see the personality shine. So I, I kind of fall on, as long as you are not disrespecting a certain individual, um, go for it. And I don't think flipping a bat or anything is, is disrespectful. Same way, when a pitcher strikes someone out, I don't care. And Andrew Hart used to shoot him. I know, I know. Uh I just don't want to give any of the other team any more fuel. I'm, and I guess that's really not, if they're playing their hardest, how can they play even harder, you know, kind of thing. I just had, there was like a few events this year that I've kind of noticed. And, you know, um, one was the Cardinals. Uh, Cabrera was pitching. Uh, he gave up a hit, but there was a play at the plate. The Cub player was out and he yelled at him like, yeah, kind of like, take that. And I was embarrassed. I was like, we don't need that. I know he's yeah. excited. He could have pumped his fist or something, but the way it was, and I know the Cardinals received one time. We yes, had a play. It to the Cardinals. Played over the guy. And, yeah. Really early in the season, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of showing him up a little bit, yeah. Or if a pitcher hits a batter, and then the batter's like, you got to be kidding me, looks out there, and he's staring at him, you know, they're, they're going to be playing a feud after that, probably. If you get a hit, I would show remorse. Like, even if... Even if I'm trying to brush him off the plate a little bit, I would show a little remorse. Not like, hey, take it and get Fielder first. I don't know. And uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is a great player, but he hit a home run in a 6-1 to game. And he was dancing every between home and first. He was dancing. Each time he went to a different bag, he danced around, and he told the fans to be quiet. And I was like, you're losing 6-2, to two, man. Calm down. You know, uh, now if there's a big one in a game or say his 200th lifetime home run, something like that, of course. But uh, when you're losing six to two, just, you know, go around the bases. You're down six to two, if they, you know, uh, Wandy Franco. And I know he's got a flare, but there was a play where he took a grounder, flew the ball up in the air, caught it and then threw over to first. And um, I'm saying, all right, you did it, but I wouldn't do it again. Ozzy Smith one time, and I think this was against the Cubs. Overran the bag and threw it to Tommy Herr behind his back. And I just looked at it, the angle, it would have took a kind of a weird angle for him to turn and flick it to, to her. I didn't see that as showing up. Of course, maybe that's me showing my cardinal colors too. But uh, but I, they play that play behind the back every year. I've seen that play over and over and over. And I think it was the Cubs we were playing. But uh, other than that, you know, that was just one. So I thought I'd get your idea on that. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but today they had a poll and they did a financial thing of all the cities trying to get a team. Uh, Vancouver was one of them. Uh, Austin, Texas, Nashville, um, Montreal. There was a, a list of about seven, eight teams. And Nashville was considered the best spot for an expansion team. And I, I was going to see what you think of Nashville. It's really growing city. And what would you think would be a good uh, team name for them? What do you think about that? Uh, the Nashville, Nashville Roy A. Cuffs, the Nashville <laughs> Buck Owens. Uh, uh, okay. 
Cohen's fan, but Buck really made his name in like the California scene. So that, that doesn't work. That's true. That's um, true. The, uh, the Nashville Dolly Pardons. I don't know. Maybe the cannonballs, um, like the uh, Wabash cannonball or something like there that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Nashville Sound or something like that. For some reason, that sounds like it was. Well, they were a minor league team for the uh, Cincinnati right. Reds, and they, they've been involved with baseball a good uh, spot. It's growing. They get a good following there, too. Um, yeah, I, I like, I have no problem with Nashville if they get a, you know, my heart wants there to be a team in Montreal because I really think they got screwed and I know they would support a team there, but Nashville certainly would be a good team to have there in the South. And I remember when I was a kid and we would go to Nashville, it was a big city, but it was Nashville. And I used to have to go there a lot in the nineties for conferences. And now I detest Nashville. Nashville is the new Atlanta. They've grown faster than their their highway system can handle the traffic, and it's just a pain in the butt to get through. Um, so, yeah, the population is certainly there. It's the South where people um, are going to like baseball. They have a tradition there of baseball. So, yeah, you know, uh, that'd be great. I remember Max on the round table said, he picked Nashville as one of his teams because really there's a big gap there. You got Florida, you got Atlanta, and then you got to go up the coast, I believe pretty far or over to Texas. So that would be a good uh, place where a lot of fans could come and see major league baseball. That would be really nice. Now, let me ask you this. Um, a lot of people don't consider the history of Cardinal baseball and how much Camo X influenced that. Because at one time, Cardinal baseball was the was the furthest westernmost team in the league. And they had this huge 50,000 watts station, 500,000, a million watts, whatever KMOX is. And they broadcast to Nashville. They broadcast to Denver. Yeah. The Cardinals, even though they're a small market team, have a huge following, generational following due to that. Um Colorado now has their own team, so that's kind of cut cut a chunk out of that. Atlanta got a team, that's kind of cut a chunk out, out of that. Uh, Nashville is going to cut more of a chunk. It's kind of some of these teams that are that have been put in the South and the West have really jumped right into what was traditionally, before they got there, Cardinal fan territory, and that's kind of eroding a little bit of the fan base. So... Are you still hot on Nashville, or is now Montreal looking a little better? <laughs> well, they're going to have two, and Montreal, but Nashville, I think, has earned it. I think it'd be great for the league. It'd be a great road trip to go down and see them. Uh, no, the no, the no, fans, no, no, not with the traffic. I don't. Not with the traffic. Okay, I I went down there and seen Billy Joe concert one time at where the hockey team plays, and uh, I really didn't. But I went at an odd hour, so maybe I missed everything. And that was a few years ago now, but. Uh, I remember KMOX, uh, Bob Costa said in New York when he was a young kid, he could hear KMOX on good nights if the atmosphere was right. And he loved listening to, uh, well, I don't know if he was, if Harry was with us when when Costas was a young kid. I don't know how old Bob is, but Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, and those guys. And, you know, a lot of the country loves the Cubs because of cable TV when it came out, the Braves and the Mets, and it'd be a chance for the Cardinal fans down there to see him. And the Cardinal fans travel pretty good. And I think we've got the second 
most times we're around second or third in the, I know last year we had the second best attendance. So uh, only to the Dodgers in the national league. So that's pretty cool for St. Louis being a, a small town and everything. Yeah. Consider all things considering, but no, that wouldn't bother me. And I like that hot chicken down there too in Nashville. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. All right. Well, my third question for you, Vince is uh, as everyone knows, or maybe folks don't know this coming next weekend, or this coming weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's this coming weekend. It's the Cubs and the Cardinals playing in London, England. And this was actually supposed to happen uh, a couple of years ago, but because of the pandemic, it got pushed back. And I think it's great. I, I thought the Cardinal-Cub game would be great at the Field of Dreams game they had a couple of years ago, but it was the Reds and the Cubs, I believe, was yeah. one of those games, which is fine. I would have loved to be the Cubs and the Cardinals, though, with all our history. But what do you think about that, these big trips? Because it does mess with the schedule. We have to play a lot of games, and then we are off for two days. We play two games. We get two more games off right in the middle of the season. Maybe it's a break for our pitchers. It might work out good. But uh, I know they've played in Tokyo, Japan. They've played – I wrote some cities down in Mexico City. They've played the Field of Dreams games. They do the uh, – there used to be a thing – a hall of uh, – Little League World Series, there was like a, two teams that would go down and play a game. So what they, do you think about that? They played a game on one of the islands. I don't know if it was Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic uh, about 20-some-odd years ago. Oh, okay. I personally like it, and um, it gives people an opportunity to see not just an exhibition, but a a real professional baseball game that generally are not going to see it. What I'm really excited about and I'll get to the uh, the England uh, trip here. I, I'm going to do kind of a dive uh, um, a little bit later on the history of baseball in the British Isles. But what I'm really excited about is next year when the Giants are playing in Birmingham, and that's the stadium that uh, uh, Willie Mays played in when he was 17-year-old in the Negro Leagues, and he's really pumped about it. Um, it, you know, what is he, 94, something like that. And he's like, he's like a little kid, just thrilled that, you know, oh my gosh, the place I started my professional career, they're going to play a major league game. And I love it. Um, this kind of thing was, was kind of normal. You can't see it, but I have a, a 10 sign back here. And this is, it's uh baseball, August 30, Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals. And it's not play. It's not a. It's it's a barnstorming game. Oh. What they used to do, and they would do it during the season. And when the season was over, during the season, if two teams had a had a day off and they might cross paths, they would do a barnstorming game, just to make money because baseball players didn't always make all these gazillions of dollars. So they would do a lot of barnstorming. They would also barnstorm after the season. Um, and before the season, and I'm not talking about the scrubs. I'm talking about uh, Ruth. I'm talking about Cobb. I'm talking about it was a thing they all did because they were trying to expand the game of baseball to places that weren't getting it and couldn't see a professional game. And that's what I see this doing. You know, anybody can watch a baseball game on TV now, but to have the thrill of going to the Field of Dreams game, of going to a game in Mexico City, um, they did a game in Montreal a few years ago. Uh, maybe it was just an ex exhibition. I think maybe it was just an exhibition. Oh, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. 
to Japan, going to going to England. I think that's so cool to to spread this game, this great game, to places that can only watch it on TV. Oh, I agree. That and Alabama's gonna be great. I hear this is the oldest baseball stadium in the United States. Yes. And yes. uh 75 years ago, Willie Mays, like we said, played there. It's gonna be sort of a celebration of one of the maybe five greatest players that ever lived, Willie Mays, the best all-around player, people claim, and I can't argue with it. Um, it's just going to be really cool. Uh, the Birmingham uh, Black Black Barnes? I can't, I can't yeah. read my writing. Yeah, but that's a, yeah, uh, Rick Woods Field in Birmingham. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited, too, to see this. Uh, I'd like to go down there, but for these special events like that, it's very hard to get a ticket. Yeah, because you know, the families all get tickets. Usually the all the people in the offices, uh, they bring a lot of the old timers back. So there's not a lot of seats for us, you know, out yeah. down in Alabama. I'm sure a lot of those folks are going to love to go because they don't get to see Major League Baseball up close and personal. So that's I think that's really cool. And I'm with you, Vince. I think it's great to spread uh, baseball. Um, and uh, who knows, some players that will come out of places we never even knew they had uh you know baseball and uh would have played maybe soccer or something else like that so pretty good good answers man that's why i come to you with all the questions vince yeah you can always give good answers those were opinionated answers you didn't ask <laughs> something like what's the spur root of 74 of course i can't answer that one so oh man well you want me to start with cardinal news oh sure let's hear what's going on at cardinal. uh yeah cardinal news well the first all just in the central news uh we've got to uh show a little respect to the cincinnati reds they are in first place right now uh me and vince talked a little bit before this and they've won 11 and really won again today they're taking it to some teams and uh there's really not a lot we can do uh about stopping them until we play them head to head so the other four teams in the division are on notice now um also i'd like to send uh you know, congratulations. Tommy Edmond and his wife have announced that they're going to have a baby. So there'll be another Cardinal out fan out there as we as we grow the family. So that's pretty cool, Tommy Edmond. And I have to say, uh, the Cardinals are a young team. And, you know, our our, our veterans, Wayno, Goldie, Arenado, and Contreras. But besides those guys, we're a pretty young team. And Edmond is one of those really good young players plays anywhere and you don't do anything defensively so anyway i was just going to mention that about tommy edmund also uh i was going to mention the cardinal giant game but we went over that and uh, lars newbar is back and uh he's a fan favorite and i think with him edmund and dylan carlson in the outfield uh that's a pretty strong defensive outfield and i think we're going to get that that's nothing but a plus uh and Another little news and note thing I wanted to go over before I talk about our games is Skip Schumacher. Skip Schumacher, I consider him uh, one of the, in the Cardinal family, came up as a Cardinal, spent some years here, uh, you know, ended up his career in other places, came back and was a bench coach last year and was named the Florida Marlins manager. And the Florida team's having a really good year, one of the best seasons they've had in a long, long time. And uh, good for Skip. I'd like to see him succeed over there because that's a very tough division he's in. And uh, we've got we've got some work ahead of us, Vince. The coming up, uh, the Cardinals have the Cubs for two. 
And then we have uh, the Astros. So uh, we got some. We got a tough road ahead of us for the upcoming or, week. Or as my friend growing up would, would say, uh, when the uh, Astros would come in town, the Jetsons dogs are here. <laughs> Astro, very good. I like your friend. Well, going into the week, the Cardinals were twenty-seven and forty-two. Ouch. We had those two weeks. The week you were gone, those two weeks we went two and ten. And it, it was looking pretty bleak. But this week we were playing the Mets and the uh, Washington Nationals. Now, the Mets, we had the three-game series with them in New York. The first game was not good. They beat us 6-1. to one. Contreras hit a home run. And that was good, but we lost 6-1. to one. But Saturday we won 5-3. to three. It was a really good game. And Wayno pitched. Had a really good game. Gave him everything he had. And he's now 3-1. and one, And that put him at win 200 or 198. Two wins away from the magical 200, which I'd love to see him get by the end of the year. But we would, more importantly, the Cardinals went five to three. Um, and Hicks got a save. We've got uh, our bullpen is kind of, uh, we've got a lot of young guys who eat up some innings in the middle, but the big four at the end, and Helsley went on the DL. Uh, Hicks has sort of moved into the closer role, and he's looking great. And he hit 104, uh, a fastball of 104 in that uh, relief appearance. And I don't know, Vince. I can't even imagine 104 standing in a box, 104. And I'm not exactly sure he knows exactly where it's going. This thing's fading in and out, up and down. I don't know, man. Contreras is earning his money behind the plate, chasing that ball around. And then we had the rubber game on Sunday, and the Cardinals went 8-7. to seven, And this game went back and forth three different times. Um, uh, uh, Nolan Arenado homers twice, and he's been in a little mini slump offensively. Uh, the young hit a home run, and uh, and Jordan Walker hit one. And Jordan Walker has done nothing but hit since he's been called back up. Maybe going down to the minors was a good thing for him. Seems like he's getting a little lift on the ball, but he's he's making he always made high high uh, hard contact, but now he's getting a few out of the park. So that was home run number six for him, ten for the young, and now Arenado's got fifteen. So the Cardinals won a series. Oh, look out, man! <laughs> Print those playoff tickets. <laughs> so now we go down and we're going to play uh we're going to play the nationals who have been struggling i think maybe the third worst record in baseball underneath just barely above oakland and kansas city so we play uh monday and we went eight to six that's three in a row um let's see flaherty was very shaky at the beginning but straightened up and he got six and a six and a third um he gave up six runs, but those were in the first couple of innings. Five Ks, one walk, and um, Hicks comes in and gets his third and three straight three the three game winning streak. Hicks got to save every time and look fantastic each each save. So that's good to have some stabilization in the bullpen. And um, I'll mention something else about our starting pitchers here in a minute. And um, then Tuesday. Uh, Montgomery went seven innings and only gave up one run, and we went nine to three. And uh, Dylan Carlson, who I always believed in, uh, it's taken him a while to become the player I think we thought he would be defensively. His arm, his range is fantastic. But when Bader was on the team, it seemed like he hit better when he played right field. In center field, there's a lot to, I mean, you're you're backing up everybody, you're coming in all the time. I think he might be a better right fielder than a center fielder. But although I think he defensively he's our best center fielder, but he's hitting better as a right fielder. 
Uh, go figure. Maybe that in, in the future, he'll go back to center. But Edmonds is playing a great center right now. But we win 9-3, to three and Montgomery would star the game. And Dylan Carlson hit two home runs. And, um, of course, with these our starters going longer, our bullpen now only has to get six outs, maybe eight outs, instead of getting uh, 12 outs. And that's kind of changed a little bit of our fortune. They're getting more rest. And that, that's a good thing, too. And then today, uh, Wednesday, we lost three to nothing. It was a rainy day in Washington. I'm not making any excuses. The Nationals had to play under those conditions. We had to play under the conditions. There wasn't much hitting. We lost three to nothing, but Miles Michaelis went seven innings. And um, he, he, I thought he was fantastic. Two runs. Um, I tell you what, we're getting some stolen bases. Uh, Goldie, of all people, has eight stolen bases on the year. And Edmund has 13. So we go four and two during the week, which, you know, is much better than two and 10. And now we're 31 and 44, but we're nine games out because, like we said, the Reds are red hot, 11 in a row. And they're just keep pushing us further and further back. And Vince, I don't know about you, but a game, I consider a pitcher, if he has a good game, it's six innings, three runs. Because if even if you they gave up three runs, you should be in the game. It's it, it, at the worst, it's three to nothing, and you still got a chance after six innings. And I consider a good season is when we get to September, if we're when we, September 1st, and we're less than five games out in first place or five games out because we still got a shot. Five games back in a month is reasonable. You could still come in and get there. So right now, it's not uh, right now, it's looking a little bit better. And our starters, I heard a stat that our starters have more innings than any other staff, but I find that hard to believe. I've seen some real, Libertors had some rough outings and Flaherty as well. So if that's true, I'm, I'm really disappointed in all the other teams. <laughs> but I, I I really went through the stats, and in the last seven days, some guys that are turning it around is Jordan Walker is hitting 381 in the last seven days, and he's got uh, 15 total bases. Three walks, seven strikeouts for a rookie. That's pretty darn good. Um, Contreras, in the last seven days, is hitting 375. I know his batting average is like 215 right now, but he's turning it around. And um, he only struck out twice. Now, he's a catcher. He either DHs as a catcher, and Kisner seems to be catching like every fourth game, something like that right now. So um, so he hasn't batted as much as some of the other guys. Um Donovan has been fantastic. That guy, his on-base percentage uh, is fantastic. Hit 414 this week. He's hitting 393. Struck out a little bit much this week, but uh, he he's tied with uh, Jordan Walker for total bases. Carlson's coming around hitting 333 since his return from the DL, and um, Tommy Edmond hitting 263 with three stolen bases, but he's got more walks and strikeouts, which is a good turnaround. Uh, Hicks, I mentioned him earlier, three saves this week. Uh, in 4.2 innings, he has struck out seven and gave up no runs, got three saves. And uh, Montgomery has been, him and Michaelis are the, the aces of the staff. They've really done good. Not as good as Steele and Marcus Stroman. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go that far. I, not, them guys have had a great year. But it's starting to turn around for those guys a little bit. But we've had three guys in the last seven days who have ERAs over 10. And it's um, um, Matt's who's just, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Stratton and Libertor in the last seven days have just been terrible on the mound. So 
maybe a new week, maybe a couple days off. They haven't pitched in a little few days. Stratton did and did okay the last game he pitched. But Vince, that's it from Cardinal Country. We're four and two. I'll take it. Uh, we're gonna have to go on a big streak though if we're gonna get those Reds or uh, I'm any uh, any of us four teams that aren't the Reds in our division. I'm gonna be rooting for them when they play the Reds this year. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, before I get into Cub news, I do want to bring up that uh, former Cub and also former Cardinal George Frazier passed away on Monday. Um, he pitched in uh, 78 through 80 with the Cardinals and 84 through 86 with the Cubs. He played on that 84 team with the Cubs who went to the uh, playoffs and lost to the Padres. Uh, but what he is most remembered for is in the 1981 World Series when he was playing with the Yankees, he set a record for losing three World Series games. Now, Nobody wants to hold that record, but right. I will always remember about George Frazier and why I've always respected him is because he sat there at his locker room with the New York press and he oh. answered every question like a professional after losing three games, uh, after losing that third game to the in the World Series where the Dodgers won. Just completely classy. He's from Springfield, Missouri. Um, can't remember what high school he went to, but he's from Springfield, Missouri. Uh, local boy, uh, played Cardinals, played with the, the Yankees, then he played with us. Um, he played for the Twins. His last season was 87 when the Twins won the World Series against the Cardinals, so he has a World Series ring. Um, and then he served for many years as a color commentator for the uh, Rockies out in Colorado. So I just thought he was a class act, and when he when I was what, 15 years old, just turned 15 years old in that 81 strike shortened season when a lot of people weren't paying attention to the World Series because it was the Yankees and the Dodgers again. Of course, the nerd Vences. And I sat there and I watched this poor guy answer every question, not get snippy, not deflect anything. He just took full responsibility. He was a man. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. George Frazier. Uh, it's been a great week for the Cubs. We, uh, since our last recording, have went seven and one. And uh, we uh, had uh, finished our series. Uh, or we, yeah, was it? Yeah. Wednesday night when we recorded, they were the, we were playing the Pirates in the second game. And then we played them on Thursday. We swept the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then the mighty Orioles came to town and we won the first two games and it looked like uh, we had a pretty good shot in the third game, uh, but it just wasn't meant to be. But we did take uh, two of the three at home against the uh, Orioles. So we're feeling pretty good um, when you consider that the previous week we'd won two of our last three in San Francisco. We're on a pretty good roll. So after Baltimore, we have to go to Pittsburgh, which is the series that we have before we take off for England. We swept the Pirates. Uh, we shut them out on Monday. We shut them out on Tuesday. Uh, very good. And <clears throat> uh, Monday, uh, Smiley goes five for the shutout. And uh, on Tuesday, Stroman goes seven for a shutout for uh, yeah. Part of the shutout. Stroman is now nine and four with a 2.28 ERA. But the most impressive stat with Stroman is in 15 of his 16 starts, he has had a quality start, pitching a minimum of six innings, uh, giving up a maximum of three runs. 
and his ERA would be well into the ones. His only bad start was in Minnesota when we played the Twins early in the season. In two innings, he gave up six runs. He wasn't hit too terribly hard, um, but it was just one of those games. You take that out, he's got a DRA that's that's well south of, of two. So he's having a heck of a year, and I think with the performance that he had, he may have cemented his leadership as a starter in the All-Star game. Um, when we entered San Francisco, uh, that's when I was out of town. We were 10 under. We are now two under. We have went 10 and two in that time frame. So that's very good against the Pirates who, okay, we've won six in a row against the Pirates this last week, and they're suddenly playing like the Pirates, but you have to beat those teams. What's more impressive, the Giants who are hot right now, we took two of three in San Francisco. The Orioles who are very good will probably uh, make the playoffs and are pushing the Rays even after that great start. We took two of three from them. So very excited. Uh, since Bellinger has returned, he's been a boost to the lineup. He's been playing first base, which has allowed Michael Talkman to stay in the lineup. He's been batting leadoff, um, and he's been manning center field. He's got an, he's got an on-base percentage of over 400. Um, he's hit oh. with some power. He's hit a couple home runs. He's not a great defensive center fielder, but if he gets to it, he catches it. And not only if he gets to it, he catches it. I mean, if he gets to it where he may have to dive, he's going to catch it. He's got soft hands, doesn't take the best routes, isn't the fastest guy. He's not Cody Bellinger. He's not that kind of athlete, but he is serviceable, and he has really settled down our leadoff spot, which had been a revolving door. So very glad that Bellinger's back. We put him on first. We're letting Talkman play center. He's going to cool off. Bellinger's going to move back to center, and then we're going to do something at first base. But right now, Ride Talkman when he's hot. I agree with that. Uh, there's a couple things that I look at when I'm talking about the standings, and and uh, I think you can relate to me. Big picture, all right. Oh, yeah. Big picture. We are three and a half games behind the Reds. Right there. That's big picture. So I. That's always because it is past flag day, and I'm paying attention now. That's, that's right. always in the back of my mind. But more or less at the front of my mind is how many teams are ahead of us? Because if you're five games behind and you're in second place, that's a big difference from being five games behind and there's three teams ahead of you. You've got to leapfrog other teams. You have to not just hope that the top team starts losing. You have to hope that other teams start losing. So what I'm looking at, uh, one of the things that has made me a little bit happy is yesterday we moved ahead of the Pirates. So we've went from last to, to fourth to third over the past couple of weeks, uh, which has been something that has uh, made me happy. After the All-Star game, I don't like having any more than two teams ahead of me because I know it's going to be very hard to leapfrog two teams to get into first place. When there's only 70 games left. Um, so I kind of look at that more than how many games behind am I. When I get to second place, when we get to second place, if we get to second place, then I really start focusing how many games are we behind the Reds or the Brewers or the Cardinals or whomever. So I'm I'm really happy that this week 
We have, over the past two weeks, we have crawled out of the basement. We've climbed to fourth. We've climbed to third now. And that's been something that has uh, given me a lot of optimism. Going into England, uh, I was a little worried because I knew we were going to start Justin Steele and look like Jameson Tyone, who has been uh, just uh, in a lot of starts a train wreck. And uh, in his other starts, he's just barely avoided the accident. Um, but with the, the extra days off, we are going to start Steele on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday we're going to start Stroman. So we're going to have our our two players, our two uh, you know first half of the season Cy Young Award candidates going against the Cardinals. So uh, I don't who, who's the Cardinals got going. Uh, Wayno is going in the first game, and Flaherty, the two more senior players that's been with the Cardinals the longest. Because with that with that time off, they could have started any. I mean, pretty much anybody could have had a start in there probably except for uh today um today was uh, montgomery probably he he was about the only one that couldn't have started in any of those games so it's going to be uh wainwright and you guys aren't making it easy on us sitting in your top two at us that's gonna be tough right there yeah i i'm really looking forward to the series me too um and i, I do want to bring up i am so impressed with kyle Hendricks. um First start back was not that good. Maybe it was the first two starts. Since then, it's been eight shutout innings of one hit ball against San Francisco. He had a pretty decent game uh, when he won against Baltimore. And today he won again, and he gave up one earned run in six or seven innings. And for a guy who I wasn't even counting on, if you go back to the before the season, I don't know, we'll get anything out of Hendricks and be a bonus. He has worked his way into being a, a solid contributor uh, in the starting rotation, not just solid, and a, almost what I expected a few years ago, um, which I, I think I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks, why I still think the Cubs, uh, even if we get to the point where we are in first place, I still think we're going to do a little selling at the deadline, and I've got a rationale behind that. And uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm okay with it, but I, I, I want to give it a few weeks to see how things work out. But yeah. there, there are three players, um, um, and I'll just briefly say, Stroman, if we don't ex extend him, trade him at the deadline, get something from him. Mm -hmm. Bellinger's on this one-year pillow contract. If you're not going to extend him, get rid of him by the trading deadline, get something. Hendricks, same deal. Um, this is last year of his contract. If you're not going to extend him during the season, don't have another Contreras thing where, you know, these players just go off into free agency and we get a compensatory pick and a, and a banjo or something. Um, you know, so, but I, I do want to unpack that in a few weeks, but I want to give it a few more weeks to see how things sure. as far as where we are in the standings. About five I, weeks away from that trading deadline, too. About five yeah. weeks away. It might be a moot point. In two weeks, we may have lost 15 in a row, and I'm saying, oh, trade everybody. Trade them all. It's been that kind of season this year. Everybody's seen, except the Cardinals, have had their run at the top. We've been hanging back there like a like a marathon or waiting for everybody to wear down. It ain't working right now. Uh, comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. 
you need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Connor, the Dr. Phil of the Boot Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Well, segueing into the uh, series that we're going to have in England, I did kind of a... I'm a history major. One of my degrees is in history, and I love history. And I've never really studied the history of baseball in Great Britain, which means I've never Googled it. Um, so <laughs> I told JJ, uh, I think it was Monday, we were together uh, um, visiting card shops. So I, I kind of want to do this deep dive into the history of baseball in Great Britain. I don't want to call it the history because there are people who say, I'm not going to listen to this. It's a history lesson. No, it's really fascinating. It is really fascinating. And I'm going to start with, there's an argument that American baseball has its roots in 18th century Great Britain, right? 18th century Britain, I guess, would be more proper. Um, there are mentions, and I'm going to go ahead and put up a, an illustration that you can see now. There are mentions in a book called A Little Pretty Pocket Book, which was published in 1744 that mentions baseball by name and has the illustration, which you can see, of baseball. I just got back from Cooperstown last week. Everybody knows that Abner Doubleday did not invent baseball. Even the people in Cooperstown make fun of it. It's a joke. Abner Doubleday did not invent baseball. There was an evolution. And the evolution did not start on this continent. Uh, there was also a publication in the late 1790s about baseball in Germany. There is also a publication in the 1800s out of Russia that mentions baseball. So it really is, has, has been a game that we adapted to ourselves, and now we call it, it's an American game. Well, the roots actually come from Europe, specifically the earliest roots that we can find, it comes from Britain. Uh, by the uh, 1870s, um, American baseball rules had really kind of infiltrated the British game. So um, by the end of uh, the uh, uh, Civil War in the United States, to give you some time comp, uh, context, the rules that we had adopted for baseball in America, those were being adopted to the game that they were playing in, in England. So the game looked very similar by the time you were pushing towards the 19th or the uh, 1900s. In 1890, the National League of Great Britain was established. Do you know when the National League was established in the United States? Well, I know the Cardinals were like 1882, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to say 1870s? was 1876. Was okay. When they League was established. The American League was established in 1901. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So during that time period in uh, England, they had established a uh, a baseball league. And uh, 
exhibitions of U.S. players going over there to play the sport was common. Um, they they had been taking place since the 1800s, where uh, baseball players from the United States were going to England and doing exhibition and barnstorming and stuff like that. I'm not saying that baseball was big in Britain at this time. It was a very minor sport, but it was operating and it, excuse me, it was growing. In 1889, Al Spalding, we all know Spalding, yeah. uh, Al Spalding, he did a U.S. tour, one of these U.S. tours, one of the many U.S. tours. And his was so successful that it inspired the professional teams in Britain. And that's when they decided they were going to have a league called the National League of Great Britain. So uh, Spalding, um, with his tour and the players he could get, which were the top-notch players, he really juiced baseball in Britain at this time. And uh, at this time, there were 90 teams playing baseball in Britain, not professional teams, but there were 90 different teams playing baseball in Great Britain. That's kind of a lot for, you know, a small island nation to have 90 teams because we think of this strictly as an American game and those dirty limeys don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Cricket, for heaven's sakes. So uh, the new league was headquartered in London. So they, I mean, they were taking this serious and they were trying to really organize it. And in the early years, there was a, a team called the Derby Baseball Club that was looked at as the, like the New York Yankees of Great Britain. And of course, being, you know, soccer, you know, you don't have the, uh, the London Smashers. You have, you know, the Soccer Club of London or whatever they call it. That's kind of what, you know, they call their baseball team, the Derby Baseball Club. That was kind of like their best team. Uh, their first championship was won by a team called Ashton Villa. So uh, they were the uh, 1890 champions of the uh, National League in Great Britain. So baseball continued to grow in England. And in 1930, in the 1930s, baseball reached its zenith in Great Britain. Uh, they would have crowds sometimes of up to 10,000 people come and see a baseball game. If you look at the attendance for the 1930s for your average baseball game in the United States, it's probably somewhere in that neighborhood. So they were doing really good. And uh, in 1938, they came up with the Baseball World Cup. Have you ever heard of the Baseball World Cup? Yes, I have. Yes, I, I, I did some research, too. I remember reading about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they in, so you matched the Soccer World Cup. In 1938, they came up with the Baseball World Cup. And in the first Baseball World Cup, Great Britain beat the United States. Yeah, hey, hey. you know, so they had bragging rights. Uh, so there they were sitting for breakfast, eating their pork and beans and <laughs> drinking their bubble tea or whatever they do there and uh, celebrating their victory. Um, I, I When I kind of did a deep dive into the uh, World Baseball Cup, I didn't really, it went on until uh, 2011. And it was an amateur tournament, but never heard of that. It's pretty cool. So uh, currently, um, baseball is a minor sport that is growing. And I kind of liken it to this. Pickleball is a minor sport, but it is growing. Yes, it is. And it's growing to the point where once me and Max 
about six, eight months ago, we sat down and we watched a pickleball match on ESPN for about an hour and a half. It was really? cool. Oh yeah, it was cool. Um, these aren't your, you know, 60 year old men, you know, on a pickleball court in Festus, Missouri. I mean, this was like athletic. It was exciting. Um, it's like tennis on steroids. So I kind of like in baseball right now in Great Britain, the popularity of like pickleball. Yeah, people aren't going to pay a lot of money to go see pickleball matches, but it does have its following. And you're going to catch it on TV every now and then. So uh, there are currently uh, approximately 22,500 players that are playing the sport of baseball in Britain. And uh, they were very well represented in this year's uh, uh, World Baseball Classic. They made it to the final round. Um, a lot to be uh, um, proud of uh, about that. Uh, they are governed by the British Baseball Federation, and they have a multi-tiered national league. They have independent regional leagues, and they have about 20 university teams. And they're all governed by this British Baseball Federation. So when you think about baseball in Britain, I kind of had the image that, you know, I don't know why these people come and show up whenever we go do a series in Britain. I guess it's just for the spectacle. Now, there are baseball fans in Great Britain. Um, did you know that former major league player, current resident of Freeburg, Illinois, uh, former pitcher for the Cardinals, Danny Cox, was born in England? Yes. I, I Yeah, I didn't know it until yesterday, but I did I did know that. Did you know he was conceived in a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Thank you. Uh, I had 90, there was 90 players uh, born in England that have played in the MLB. Lance Painter. They know that. Bobby Thompson, the shot heard around the world, was born in England. Now, there is one Hall of Famer who was born in England. His name is Harry Wright. Uh, He was born in Sheffield, and he is the only British-born Hall of Famer. He was the creator of the first professional baseball team in Cincinnati, the Red Stockings in 1870. I'll be doing. Not only was he instrumental in uh, fielding the first professional team, players that that's how they made their living playing baseball. He was a player, he was a manager, and he was an innovator of the early game of baseball. He was a cricket player when he was growing up in England, and that adapted very well when he was introduced to American baseball. And in 1953, the Veterans Committee uh, elected him to the Hall of Fame, not just what he did as a player, but for the innovations he did in helping the sport when it was really at its infancy. So we're going to England. They're going to sell out two games. The fans are going to cheer. They're going to know what's going on because I always have this feeling they really don't know what's going on. It's like when I watch cricket i don't know what's going on you know if i went to a professional cricket match i would just yell when everybody else yelled and boo when everybody else booed uh, but they actually are going to know what's going on they're actually um different pubs uh sprinkled throughout england who have adopted major league baseball teams and not not every team has a pub but it is big enough that you know this pub is is the pub where a lot of the Cardinal fans in England go and they will watch the games on uh, satellite cool. or whatever and uh, watch them at their 
time and it does have a following and um i'm really excited that the cubs and the cardinals are going to go there and mix it up what are your thoughts well uh, i think it's great for the players too this is like a maybe a once in a lifetime thing where they can play a major league game over there because it doesn't happen very often and the way i kind of understand it uh the families are going to go as well the front office it's going to be a big family get together kind of thing too and by the way there'll be a ball game going on with all this other stuff happening i know espn is going to be all over this pre-game stuff how does it feel to be over here everybody's going to get asked that but as a fan i can't wait i'm, I'm very excited to see this I'd love to be over there, but I, I've, and a lot of our military, we have a lot of military guys based in England as well. So uh, maybe that's helped kind of make it grow too. Um, I didn't, I looked this up. Scotland has baseball as well. It's not as big as it is in England, but the top team in Scotland is the uh, Diamond Devils. That's a pretty cool mascot team. The Devil, the Diamond Devils. The <laughs> Was it the Kilts? Well, I seen one that was the Diamond Devils. Play? How do they play in kilts? Oh, I, well, I don't know if they play in kilts. That could get a little uh, a little dicey. And if you wear a kilt in Scotland, it's it's a traditional wear, which means there's nothing under it. So if you're playing out hey. there in your kilt and you get a bad hop. <laughs> hey, that's well, the White Sox played in shorts. So, you know, I think they wore underwear, though. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, in the Hall of Fame, they have a mannequin with the White Sox guy. He only played one or two games that way, but he's in those White Sox shorts. He's in those White Sox shorts. They went through a lot of uniforms, those White Sox players. Oh, that was cool. I don't know if you knew the World Baseball Classic, because we went over a lot of information there. Do you know who coached the, the English team in the World Baseball Classic? No. Trevor Hoffman. His yes. mother. Yes, his mother's uh, from Britain. From yes. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Everybody loves Trevor Hoffman. Yeah. That now that's I thought that was pretty cool. And some of the team names, I was looking through those 22 teams they have over there. Um, let's see, let me see here. Uh the oldest, uh, the Liverpool Trojans. I'm a Beatles fan. I would love to get a shirt or a hat. Liverpool Trojans, that's pretty cool. The Manchester Bees. Uh, that's all right. That sounds like an old, uh, an old time team right there. The Sheffield Blade Runners. I don't know what the mascot looks like, but uh, I'm thinking of the movie. You know, maybe it's a uh, Harrison Ford running across the bill or something like that. The Worcester Sorcerers, the Worcester Sorcerers, and the last one I have is the Hull Scorpions. So that's some of the team names right there. How many and scorpions are in England? I don't know. Well, uh, they're a German band, so maybe they live over there or something like that. The Scorpions, Big City Nights. And I have something to show. You know, I'm a Mr. Collector, and Vince was with me. You know, he's it's hard for me to give up. But I have the uh, Wainwright English bobblehead. And look, they have it's an old British phone booth, the box, with every angle of him pitching. And, of course, I have to show this off. It's the Wainwright... Buckingham Palace bobblehead. Look at that. How about that? Got the little cool. hut and a uh, a lamp right there, too. So I had to show that off. But that's pretty cool. They've got pretty inventive with the bobbleheads this year. But, Vince, that's all I have on uh, on England. I That was a good idea. I really enjoyed uh, going through that. And wasn't the game kind of based on 
some game called Rounders. Was there? Yeah. Some, I kept reading about this game Rounders. I thought it was more came from cricket, but apparently there's a game Rounders that was very close to what we know as baseball. Yeah, when when you watch a cricket match, and and you know, I have seen cricket. I just don't know exactly the point of it. I think it's boring, but uh, it 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 there's really not a whole lot that resembles baseball besides you're hitting a ball with a paddle. Um, I mean, you got to bounce up there like like stick ball on the street or cork ball or whatever that was yeah. called. Yeah. So uh, I I I can see that you know. If cricket's very popular, it, baseball would have a hard time catching on because it's you're, just so different. Things. Yeah, yeah, and and baseball in, in all the European, basically in every continent except North America, soccer is king, and uh, you know soccer is a game where there's no timeouts and. You know, stuff's always moving around, even though they never score, you know, uh, moving around, moving around, moving around, don't score, don't score, don't score, moving around, moving around. But anyway, um, baseball really is a unicorn when it comes to sports because there's so much downtime, so much it moves at a snail's pace compared to other sports. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that has inhibited baseball from spreading to some of these European countries is because they're so used to soccer and something happening all the time. Baseball adapted very well and the Asian countries adapted very well and uh, South America, Central America, the island nations has adapted really well in, in Australia. Uh, we've had a few Australian, Graham Lloyd, uh, yeah. Craig Shipley, you know, they played in Australia. So it has done very well in some areas. I just hope it really starts catching on in Europe uh, so we can have something else we can beat them in. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Well, JJ, uh, before we uh, get to opening our baseball cards, uh, JJ and I, we went we visited some card stores, and uh, um, some of them are going to be helping us, uh, are helping us with a little bit of advertising, getting the word out. So we're going to do a shout out to them. Um, one of the uh, places that we went to is a place called All American Sports Collectibles in South County Center. So if you're in South St. Louis, you're in South County, you got to visit this place. Um, they have all kinds of tremendous stuff. Um, what what was it you asked for that he had? You well, asked he had, for... he had I, some of the things he had. We had the Yadier Molina catching mask, home and away, both signed. Uh, Enos Slaughter, uh, I'm a big yeah, Enos Slaughter fan. Slaughter. He he sold the one he had, but it was like a black and white, maybe it looked like the 40s, stuff like that. Um, he had team pictures signed by all everybody on the team. Of course, some of these cost pretty good, but they're incredible. It was just it's just fun to go in there and window shop. It was really cool. Yeah. He had the uh the sports illustrated that JJ showed a few months ago of the uh, Cardinal Million Dollar Team. Oh, yeah. uh, was it 68 or 69? But it I has thought it was 67, that 67 World Championship Team. Yeah. yeah. They had them all there, you know, in their 60s attire and everything. And he had every one of them signed. So that was really except, cool. Except for Maris. That was the only one that wasn't signed on there. Even Red Shandinks, the coach, who was sitting across in the picture, even he had signed it. 
Yeah, and that's pretty sharp. I'd love to have that. Well, Maris has an excuse. Okay. Yes. <laughs> then we went to a place called the Dugout on Watson Road. I had been by there before. I had not yet stopped by there. Um, and that was really cool. JJ, of course, no matter where he goes, he knows someone or he has a connection and <laughs> he is talking to the uh to the proprietor there and um and Tony Pruno. Was... Tony Pruno. I just mentioned Tony Pruno and that guy's face lit up. I mean, I think he could have given us up. He might have been giving us free gifts if we hadn't left. He, uh, you know, uh, he was talking about Tony comes in all the time and is sets aside some of the, he called them vintage stuff. Because Tony don't mess around with the, you know, he only gets the top tier stuff. So he goes, oh, yeah, I know Tony Bruno. So that's pretty cool. That's where you got your uh, your Wainwright, isn't it? Oh, that's where I got the Wainwright there. Great deal on it, too. So go there. Look around, but I think you're going to get some of your best prices right there. He's really good about taking care of you. We visited a place called One Million Baseball Cards on Manchester, the 1400 block of Manchester in a little strip mall. Uh, the exact location is 14560 Manchester. And I'll put these on the screen uh, so you can see this. Um, they do have a million baseball cards here. Uh, so knowledgeable and so personable. Uh, we had a good time there. Um, of course, JJ, who knows everything about baseball cards, you know, he starts talking to a guy and they, 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 they get more nerdy than my baseball cards <laughs> pretty quick. And I'm just standing there. Uh, we went to a place called, uh, one, one, three, one, four sports cards and collectibles on olive, um, 9640 olive. So those of you who are out in that area, uh, olive, olivet, uh, getting towards the airport um overland uh that's that's a really great place they had a lot of stuff going on there a lot of cards and they i think they had like four people there yeah i mean they had, they had a lot of people there it seemed like working there a big staff that's where i learned that the uh, set number two for the 2023 tops is out right now and i had no clue i knew it was coming but they already had it in stock so anything old and new They'll cover you right there, especially with the cards. There's mainly cards there. Then we stopped off at a place called the Collector Store at uh, 1106 Young Station Road, uh, way out west. And uh, they do a lot of gaming, and they got a huge game room, which was really cool. So those of you who are into gaming, man, you got to see this place. But also, uh, they have their section of their, their sports cards, their baseball. And they seem to have one guy who was really, you know, the, the sports card guy, the sports collectible guy. And uh, um, that was that was a lot of fun, too. So we're going to be visiting some more of these card shops, um, oh, probably towards the middle of the summer. Um, but uh, they, they're going to help us out with some advertising. So we're going to give them out a weekly shout out and uh, they're going to be uh, the shout out that we have every time we open up baseball cards. So, JJ, what are you opening? Oh, I have fallen in love with the 2023 Heritage cards, the tops. They look like 1974 cards. I absolutely love these cards. Um, 74 was the very first year I kind of remember the baseball cards. A friend named Kenny Giffen in fourth grade had these cards, and I'm like, what's that? And oh, you, all the stats were on the back. And so they went back, put today's players on these 1974-style cards. And uh, and away oh. we oh go ahead. 1974, we just had Father's Day. That reminds me, 
1974, uh, the Cubs are out in L.A. Rick Russell's pitching. He hits Reggie Smith in the ankle, and it hurts. He's not nice. trying to hit him. He's not trying to hit him in the ankle, but uh, Reggie Smith hobbles out to the mound to beat up Rick Russell, who is a huge guy. And there's no there's no footage of this because they didn't broadcast every game, but there's the stills. And I I guess they still have different versions. Smith said, yep, I hit him good. Russell said, he didn't touch me. <laughs> or, you said 74, Father's Day. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Great memory right there. And I bet a bunch of people out there have, will remember that. We remember the strangest things. Glenn Brummer still at home against the Giants. I mean, it's just every Cardinal fan knows that play and that move and then that. And uh, But here's the 74, what the 74 cards look like. Uh, Adam, this is a uh, Toronto Blue Jay, a pitcher, Adam uh, Kleinberger. And uh, there it is right there. But he's a submarine pitcher, and they caught him in action. Look at that back foot, how he gets every inch off that uh, mound that he can. And the ball is actually in the picture as well. I think that's a cool picture. And in the back, it's got the old baseball card stats, plus a little cartoon, and it tells you uh, personal information, you know, like, Adam likes uh, hamburger helper or uh, Adam uh, is uh, helps the humane society or something like that. It's just little stats so you can get to know the players a little bit better. Uh, I noticed on these, um, it, they don't put this. It's not the Anaheim Angels. It's not the California Angels. It's just blank at the top. And Angels, and every Angel card I got, that's what it says. And this is Tyler Anderson pitching right there in one of these classic older poses. And uh, I don't why know why that? they did. Yeah, I don't know why that is either. Uh, a pitcher, Bailey Falter from the Philadelphia Phillies, who I do, do not know at all. And um, that almost looks like Veteran Stadium in the background. I don't know if they imposed them there or if this is maybe a spring training site, but I don't recognize that uh, that ballpark right there. This kid is the Dodgers keep coming up with great young players. And this is another one of them, an outfielder, James uh, Outman. Yeah. And he's having another, and this is his rookie card too. You never know what rookie card's going to take off. And it's usually if they print too many of them, the value goes down. But that's a nice looking card, nice looking player there. And another one of the great Dodgers players that they have. Um, let's see. Oh, another angel, Hunter Renfro who's been around the league a little bit. Let me get that a little closer to the camp. There he is right there in the classic angel outfit. Uh, Brewers are missing his bat this year. The Brewers do have good pitching, and they got a good back end of their bullpen, but they just don't hit. Corbin well, uh, Burns got lit up last night. I know, and they're and the Reds have just flew by them. Yeah. And you, you guys are right on their tails, too. That's going to be next to my site. Yeah, so maybe next week we're talking about y'all being in second. Texas Rangers, who I do not know this guy, Yeri Rodriguez, good-looking kid there. It's his rookie card, by the way. And then um, then and now, um, this is the home run leaders, and you have uh, Michael Jack Schmidt and Kyle Schwarber right there. I like that because uh, they're both in the, in the 74 style. And my last one is on the all-rookie team. They've got the little crown, and it's World Series MVP Jeremy Pena right there. Ah. Sliding in there. 
and uh, there we go oh yeah that looks real good right there. yeah so how about that so you can buy these car these sets where they have just nine or packs where they have nine or you can buy the packs with 20 in them so and they don't have the gum either for people out there that were the gum fans i don't know anybody who did care for the gum but that was <laughs> it they made the card smell good that was about the yeah. only thing they did that's about it that's my set. Well, I am. I, I bought this pack that had uh, 36 cards in it, 2003 Tops Series 1. And I said, I'm not going to, I'll do these in third. So I'm doing the final third of this package. Yeah, set one. All right. So, And automatically, I am happy because I have uh, who I think, uh, if he keeps going, is going to be the NL MVP this year, future Hall of Famer, Frederick Freeman. What a year. Great guy. Yeah. Um, oh, from the Mariners, Abraham Toro. Oh, okay. Uh, from the Brewers, Willie Adamas. When we were up there, he's hugely popular on that team. A lot of people in the stands had his jerseys, a lot of kids and everything. Very popular player up there. I, I love this card. This, this, this is my favorite card I've seen in a while. It's San Diego one-two punch. It's got Joe Musgrove and you Darvish on there. I love that card. That's a great card. Oh yeah. yeah. In the back, it's you know the 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 writing. You know, it just oh yeah. It just it a... just has a very cool look to it. Very yeah. nice. Talks about uh Musgrove's uh eight no start and uh, awesome. Uh, stars of MLB Riley Green that foil oh look. yeah another stars of um uh, mlb jazz chisholm jr oh yeah i wish my light was better by the way he played in the world baseball classic for england yeah that's one of the research i remember that now I, oh this is cool this is really cool okay this is the uh 2022 american league batting average leaders we have a rise we have Judge, we have Bogarts, the top three. Oh, very good. Arises hitting 400 again. I, I still hope he does it. Oh, I do too. I do too. All right. Then I've got the uh, Baltimore Orioles team card. And on the back, uh, it has the team leaders for 2022. I love those pictures. <laughs> Look what I got. Another Jazz Chisholm Jr. Look at that. There he is. There he is. Awesome. The speed Demon. Um, uh, future star C.J. Abrams of the Nationals. Oh yeah, okay. Um, oh, this guy's this guy's a pretty good third baseman. Uh, too bad he had to follow Arenado, but Ryan McMahon. Yes, actually having a great year this year. Yeah, he is. Got some statistics on him. Oh, American League ERA leaders, the top three: Verlander. Uh, Dylan Cease and Manoa. There they wow. are. Manoa having off, he got sent to the minors, uh, having a lot of difficult. And I thought, Florida you know, league, <laughs> I, I, it's been crazy this year. Uh, Sandy Alcantara haven't struggling. Uh, Rondon hasn't pitched much at all, if any. Um, and some of these guys were some of the best pitchers last year. Uh, Verlander's been hurt, so yeah. you, you just never know. You never know, and then there's times when 
Justin Steele comes out of left field. Justin Steele. And just throws the ball like crazy. So, <laughs> JJ, it has been nice because last week we were both a little down because we were doing bad. And that's what I love about baseball. You can have a good week and suddenly you're like, hey, let's do the podcast. We're winning <laughs> Before we get on a slump, let's get it out of the way. Yeah. 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 I really, I don't like, I, I, my purpose is to be honest with what I think when I'm on here. And I don't like being negative all the time. Um, but when the team's losing, you look for answers mentally and you start looking, why are we losing? And then you start highlighting all the negatives. And when you're winning, all those negatives seem to dissipate. You know, I was very critical of how Ross has used the bullpen. You want to know what's happened to the bullpen? Julian Merriweather's pitching great. Um, gosh, uh, Albert Alzali's pitching great. Al Leiter Jr.'s pitching great. And I... Fulmer's actually pitching great. So one of the reasons why we're on this hot streak is we can go six, seven innings, turn it over to the bullpen, and it's done. So that's what I love about baseball. Man, ebb and flow, things get happy. Things oh, get- yeah. It's life. It's life. Ups and downs. Can't get. I find when we lose, we're not as bad as that that particular game. And when we're when, you know, we're not that good either. It's somewhere in the middle, and hopefully you're a little more good than you are bad. And end up with about 85, 90 wins. Yep. Right, well, JJ, I'll see you next week. And we will both spend the weekend watching the games from Jaleo, England. Sounds good. Take care, Vince. Thank you. Have a good one.